You're listening to Conversations with Jamie Grisham. Hey everyone, thank you for joining me today. I am actually super excited about today's episode, but before we start, be sure to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. Follow me on social media if you haven't already. It's at Pastor Jamie Grisham. And don't forget to share this episode with someone. And if you want to, you can leave some type of review. We'd love to hear your feedback. The conversation today is actually with Travis Finley. He's a good friend of mine. I've known Travis for years. We'll get into that conversation in a moment. But Travis, let me tell you a little bit about him. Travis is a husband, he's a speaker, he's a camp director at Kids Across America, and a disciple maker. Uh, That's one of the good things I like about him. He leads and educates with trustworthiness, passion, and a remarkable comprehension of God's Word. You're going to be able to hear that today. Uh, With his time serving at Kids Across America, he's been there from 2009 to 2015, alongside his continued pursuit of the knowledge and comprehension of God. He's built up a more profound dedication to developing his life to look like his affection for Jesus. And I want to tell you, that don't even do justice of who this guy is. He's a really, really good friend of mine. Travis, welcome to the show, man. What's up, brother? So good to be here, man. (laughs) Dude, I love you more than you would ever know. I promise you that. (laughs) Equal, Uh, equal, equal. It's great. How long have we known each other, Travis? Oh, my goodness. Man, I I think I met you. I was probably maybe 19. I was either 18, 19, 20, somewhere early, early 20s. I got you. I I remember you just just the life that you were living at the in those moments. You've you've tried to live for the Lord all your life. Am I am I mistaken on that? No. Have you always tried to live for the Lord? I, I, I know that. I, I, I would say, man, there was always a, a conviction there that always led me back to the Lord that I tried to run away from, but I couldn't. Yeah. So <laughs> if you are, I'm, I'm just going to count our ages down. So you told me how old you were a while ago. We're not going to share with all the listeners how no. old we are, right? So if you were 19, I was probably 23 or 24. Yeah, that's about right. Was I, was I the youth pastor at the church or was you I had- the lead pastor? Oh, you literally just became the lead pastor. Just I mean, became, so I was 24 years old. Yeah. Just became the lead pastor of the church. So you've seen me in my very beginning years. I mean, I'm talking about suits, baggy suits, ties, uh, alligator skin shoes. I mean, come on, somebody. Hey, let me do you one better. I still remember the sermon you did with the with the dishwashing liquid and detergents and bro that was probably the most the coolest thing i've seen somebody use with that man oh man we've we've just had fun over the years we've had fun and honestly you know when you pastor a church before that was years ago i mean we're we're talking oh my goodness we're talking 15 16 years ago right yeah so that was years ago now and most of the time, you never you never keep a connection with those people that you pastor 15 years ago. Yeah. You know, and to sit here and, and over the years, um, just watching God do a lot of things through your life, following you, following your ministry, you know, just keeping up with what you do, uh, which, by the way, you make a great woman. I'll never forget <laughs> that volunteer banquet that we did. And you come oh, in, what, what was her name? Uh, what was her name? Uh, Betty, uh, Sister Betty. Betty. Sister Betty, boy, you come in dressed up like Sister Betty. 
you had Medea going before Medea ever knew what Medea was. Before you know what I'm Medea saying? was popular, yeah. yeah I, before I Medea a... was popular, you knew what's up, you know, but yeah. just your character, number one, man, uh, the friendship that we've had along the years. I've been trying yeah. to think and hire you probably for the last five years, uh, but you're called. You're called to this place, uh, Kids Across America. You're doing a great job there. Um, but just the character you have, who you are, your faithfulness. Um, you got a great wife. Uh, you guys are doing ministry together. It's yeah. just an awesome, awesome story. So again, thank you so much for taking out time to be with us. So we're going to have a conversation today. We're just going to jump into it. Uh, this, by the way, all of you listeners, this is just, this is raw conversation. We, we actually, we know the topic that we're going to talk about. We've went over a couple little questions. We did not go over the answers. This is just raw and uncut. We just want to have a conversation that changes people. This is unscripted. So I, I just wanted to throw that out there. We're just trying to be unscripted. So we're going to talk about today, Travis, a gospel that engages, a gospel that is engaging in the culture that we live mm -hmm. in today, because now we live in a, a time where the gospel is being pushed to the back. The gospel is yes. not popular. Yeah. So how do we preach a gospel without watering it down? How do we preach a gospel that actually engages? Let's just talk about that. Okay. So first thing, think about this. No um, army, no football team, no basketball team. Nobody goes to their competition without having some background knowledge of what they're up against. And I think it would be naive if you are a believer trying to step into a culture with this precious good news of the gospel, not knowing the resistance that you're about to have. Yeah. And so, so the first question I would even ask is, first ask, what is dominating the culture automatically? I, I think about when Jesus, when, they, when, when the scripture tells us about not to cast your pearls amongst swine, this was a a way to say that you're going to take this precious thing and you're going to try to put it amongst people that don't know how to use it and it's going to get ate up. It's like taking pearls and putting it in the midst of swines. It's going to destroy it. And so you already knowing what type of audience that you're taking this gospel to gives you a sense of preparation. So First thing I always do, I always ask, I say, what is dominating the culture? What's the loudest voices in the culture? Like, like to your point, it's not the gospel. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the loudest yeah. voices are music, it's fashion, it's social media, it's politics, it's education. Like those are the loudest voices. You don't hear parents saying, well, I just want to see how I can help my kids learn the gospel better. No. They're saying, what better schools can they get into? They want to know, where are we voting for? Like, those are the conversations that, that families are having in the household. So how does the gospel get in the center of that conversation? Like, that's, that's what we're up against. And yeah. so I think the first thing is knowing this is what you're up against, because this is going to impact the, the way that you approach it, the way that we go about it. And so I'm curious to know your thoughts, man. I just, I just was hyped when you asked that question. 
No, it's, I, I love what you're saying. And I wish you'd just keep on talking because I, I think all of us were like, man, this guy has something to say in this area because what we have, what I feel like we have is we have a lot of people who are gathering yeah. and they're good people and they're, they're calling themselves Christians and it's great. And we can, they're good Christians. They're good people. They're going to make heaven. God's probably proud of them. <laughs> I hate to say yeah. probably, but you know what I'm saying? Just good hearted mm -hmm. Christians but they're wanting the culture to adapt to them. And it's not that we're trying to adapt to the culture, yeah. but we have to be knowledgeable of the culture. How, yeah. how can I get them interested in the gospel? Yeah. I, I'm not seeing most people go all oh, There you go. You're trying to yeah. water down the gospel. You're trying to get that. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not yeah. saying I want to water down the gospel. I'm not saying any of that. What I'm saying is how can I approach culture how can i approach the world how can i approach the lost in a way that's going to cause them to be open to the gospel that's the yeah. thing you know you know what i've noticed have. i've noticed that because people have abused their their the faith one thing i know that the culture respects is when someone walks in purity and spiritual authority like when you enter a culture, this is the question that remember when the rap, when the when the Pharisees would ask Jesus, like, who are you under? Like, who's teaching you this stuff? Because you talk like a man who has authority. Yeah. So in other words, they were like, you're the way that you are approaching this culture is if somebody co-signed for you to to say the things that you're saying. And we need mm. to know who co-signed you. Yeah. And so with that, the question should be. When you step into the culture, it shouldn't be what church do you go to, <laughs> because that's where we're, that's where the the part of the distortion is. They're trying to figure out who's what theology are you getting this passion from? What church is it associated with? How many of us can actually say what Jesus says? I'm just doing what my Father tells me to do. <laughs> like, bro, I'm I'm out here on passion. And my love for you, I'm not here because our church gave us an assignment to come out and witness to people who are drunk. My heart is broken because you're not where you're supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. On. My association is that church down the street. If you want to know where I'm learning, where I'm growing, where I'm doing community, it's down the street. It's that compassion church. Down. Like that's where that is happening. But you want to know where this stuff is coming from? Oh, this is this is the spirit that lives in me. So this ain't coming from a church agenda that tells me to go out. And so, mm. so and that's, and talk, that's just, no, 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 no. talk about that just for a minute. It's not about a church agenda that tells you and instructs you go out, yeah. go be disciples, go into all the world. It's about something that's happening on the inside of you that causes My, you to yes. want to go out and do that. Talk about that just for a minute. So, so, so let me, so let me ask this, the, the marks of a spiritual maturity person is how natural do they act like Jesus in the culture mm. that's that's what I'm looking at how natural is it for you to be in the culture and act like Jesus that's so, so, hold on, so hold on a minute so if you have listeners right now going okay being in the culture and acting like Jesus here's what here's what most people think okay so are you saying that I need to carry my bible around and put my suit on and dress up and and how, what does that actually mean 
to okay. act like Jesus in the culture. What does I'll, that mean? I'll give, you, I'll, I'll give you this is this is something that I, I do. It's this may throw off a couple of people's theology, but it's I'll okay. Practice Just go. this. Yeah, so go. there are times where I'm, I may have money, I may not have money, I may have food, but when I pull up and see a homeless person, my everything in me breaks because it's like I want to do something. Like, I can't watch this guy. That, like, that practice of yearning, like, starts to drop, starts to now become on the broken, on the lost, and the drunk, and the drug addicts. Like, I'm practicing, because when Jesus was here on earth, y'all think he was just healing people because he just wanted to heal them? Jesus could not walk by a person. You, you need to understand that. <laughs> His spirit would not let him ignore because it's as if he walked by this person. It's like he walked by them and said, this is not how it's supposed to be. Mm. And the fact that they were crying out to him, it was like, I have to do something now. Wow. So imagine those Golly, two things. My mind is the, blowing. I mean, so I mean, imagine, Pastor Jamie, those two things in, in concert, the concert of this is not how it's supposed to be. And to hear them say, son of David, have mercy on me. Oh, I'm coming. It's mm. over with. I got to go do something. And so being Jesus in the culture, if you can be in the culture and ignore this brokenness, something wrong with you. Yeah, you, there's no way that you could have a relationship with Jesus. What how can that? you have Jesus on the inside of you and, and walk by that homeless person. I've preached on that before. Walk by that homeless person. Walk by the addict or know someone that's struggling. And instead of having compassionate love for them and, and wanting to help them, you're judging them or you're pushing over them or you're yes. looking over them. You know what I'm saying? Yes, yes. And so, so it ain't about like you trying to practice religious habits. That's not what you're trying to do. All you're doing is saying, I need to know. Matter of fact, that's one of my points I'll get to later. But when I study the life of Jesus, all I'm doing is saying, when Jesus was in this, in his culture, and he's walking in the middle of the city, I wonder what kind of people are he, is he walking by? Mm -hmm. And what is happening to his spirit? Because that needs to be happening in the mind. Mm -hmm. Like, that's where it comes to, like, acting like Jesus, like, Lord, what is happening to your spirit in this particular text that needs to be happening in the mind that I'm ignoring? Wow. So that's, wow. that's where I'm saying acting like Jesus is connecting to the, the spirit and the humanity of the person rather than just trying to act to it situationally. Well, yeah. he don't need money. He probably gonna spend this. Oh, they probably already, like we try to assess the situation yeah. and we ignore the humanity and the broken where I've been with people before, even in the same vehicle with people before and go, no, don't give that man any money. He probably got a Mercedes sitting around the corner. Mm -hmm. This is his job. This is what he's doing. You know, just talking about the homeless man, but there's something that happens in us when we allow the spirit of God to dwell within us that yes. when we see hurting people, we hurt with those people. Yeah. You know, I always I, tell people, man, you've got to check yourself. If you see something that you know God would address, God would deal with, God would go and love on, and you don't have those feelings, you got to mm -hmm. check yourself. You got to yeah. figure that out. Yes. You got to figure we, that out. 
we're so we're so compelled to go in the culture and tell them about who's in charge. Mm. That's our thing. We want God is the, Jesus is it. We're so compelled, and that's a good thing. But they want to know who cares for them. Mm-hmm. They're not necessarily the culture is not necessarily concerned about who's in charge. They want to know who cares. Yeah. Who sees me? Yeah. And that's what we have to come in from a and, different and, angle. And okay, you said music. You said music, movies, all these other kind of things. That's where culture's at. That that's kind yeah. of where they're at. Okay. So in lyrics, what are they doing in lyrics? They're, they're resonating they're, with things and they're showing people, hey, I care for you. Yes. Now, I, they're they're reaching people through worldly things. Okay. So yes. the, the world is reaching lost people to make them even more lost mm. by resonating within their spirit, man, whether that's good or bad to go, these people care for me. Well, you've never even met that person. Yes. That's a dude. You ain't even, you're never going to meet that guy, but something happened emotionally. And there was this connection somewhere, somehow. And that's why I always tell people, man, we have a mandate. We have yeah. a mandate and a responsibility outside of the four walls of the church to to preach the gospel, not taking a Bible and slapping people around, but literally having a heart and being compassionate for those people who are lost and need Christ. I always say this, Pastor Jamie, I said the culture has just enough truth to keep you interested and just enough darkness to keep you blind. Mm. Say it again. Say it <laughs> they again. have just enough truth to keep you interested, but just enough darkness to keep you blind. I'm writing it down, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm sitting here writing things down, right? Um, just because it's it's so good. And, and that truth, that little bit of truth keeps them going. Yes. That darkness keeps them to where they don't even know where they're going. Yes, you know? yes. And people are walking in the dark and we have the light. And we're yes. trying to figure out how the pastor can do more at a church or how the staff can do more at a church that so more people can come to the knowledge of Jesus when it is every one of our responsibilities to witness and to help and to bring people to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, man. Man, it's so good. It's so good. So is so, there anything yeah. else on this topic that maybe you had written down or, or maybe uh, something that you wanted to talk about when it's, when we're talking about engaging this culture through the gospel of Christ. Yeah. Yeah. I, I do think, man, there's a sense of uh, that. I, I think as, as the believer, it's intimidating. Like there's a, there's an excitement, but there's also an intimidation there when you're thinking about engaging the culture, because it's, again, it's, it almost seems like it's you against them. You know, yeah. when we say the culture, it, it seems like it's a, it's a them type of thing, but it's just like engaging the culture is going to require you to have a sense of I'm going to um, I'm going to imply my heart into this because I there's a possibility that my heart could be broken. But again, we think that's a bad thing. How many people in the Bible rejected the gospel that Jesus was bringing? Mm. But he put himself out there to just be like, come to me. And they just like, oh, no, what he's saying is ridiculous. This guy is just, he's healing on the Sabbath. Like, all of the things that was happening, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining in his humanity 
how he could have just been very like, oh, man, they're just not getting it. But I can't just pull back and be like, I tried over there. And, and that it's like, I'm going to constantly put my heart out there. I'm going to constantly attack them with my love and compassion for them. So let me just ask the question, what if one of the strategies that we use instead of us being so caught up in how we can give people slips and invites, what, what happens if it says, what if you attack the culture with love, compassion, and mercy? Mm. What, what if you attack them with love, compassion, and mercy? And this isn't no, no off the wall type of, you know, let's see what happens. This is saying, when I look at Jesus, what are the constant things that he was displaying in his character in the culture that would basically, some said he was the Messiah, some thought he was tripping. What was the, like, what do you think? There was compassion, always. always. There was mercy, always. always. There was love, always. And people were drawn to that. People were drawn, he sees me, he cares for me. So you mean, you mean to tell me the way to growing believers and growing the kingdom of God is not through lights and cameras and action and show and big churches and, and padded pews and all this type of stuff. Don't we get it wrong sometimes? You can, you can try it and it, it will, it will attract, but it won't sustain. Sustain. There you go. There it is. So, so we, we, we've got to move from attractional church to sustaining oh church. So it's one thing to attract a crowd. It's one thing to say, hey, man, bring out. And I've got all of this at my church and I'm not I'm not knocking it, but this can't be the yeah. primary focus. It's not about yeah. the lights. It's not about the, the you know, I don't even know what they call them. Haze machines, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not about all the stuff, the LED screens, yeah. all this stuff. That stuff is just attractional. Now, some people would be drawn because of that. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have the meat of the gospel, if you're not preaching them to them, the gospel in the midst yeah. of the attraction, it's just, it's just entertainment. Yeah. And this so is those... not an amusement park. I'm, oh, I'm thinking right goodness. now, when you start talking about lots and shows and games and all of that type of stuff, that's great. But this is not an amusement park. Yes. This is not what God's called us to do. We're not, we're not here to entertain. We're not here to put on a show. Yes. You know, I, I had something the other day, somebody said this and I thought, Wow. And, and they just said, I'm tired of calling my, he said, I've really changed the whole mindset of how we approach the weekends now, because we're not even calling them experiences anymore. Mm. Because if it's an experience, you can rate it, rate your yeah. experience. Yeah. What do you mean? You're in the presence of God. How are you going to rate that? Mm. If you're rating anything, you're rating your own engagement. Wow. You're not rating that what's happening in the room. You're rating your engagement. Yes. Well, the preacher's boring. Well, the word's not. Yes. You know, so it's it's just a whole different concept, but yeah. So, so yeah, so I, I I really think that the the world, the culture that we live in, when they see a believer um in the midst of them, there's two things. Do they have is there a spiritual authority on their life? Like, can I see them as if it's like and, and I'm not talking about no, this is a Christian. I don't, that's, that's very watered down. Yeah. I'm saying when I look at pastor, he ain't got to tell me he's the pastor. I just know that when he walked in here, 
there was an assurance that he had. He sat down, he opened his Bible as if he didn't care if y'all was in there or not. Like this guy knows what he's like, who he is and who he serves. And he doesn't have to tell anybody. That's yeah. a, a spiritual authority. When Jesus didn't come down to, to validate his, his identity. He came, he came down to get ours back. <laughs> come on. That's so, a whole nother podcast, man. I'm trying to tell you, we, we think that he came to show, every, Hey, I'm Jesus. Y'all I'm the Messiah. He's like, no, you are the ones who forgot who you are. Yeah. Wow. I'm here to restore wow. you. I'm here to give you the authority. Like I'm here for you. I, I know who I am. I'm going back to the, like, I know where I'm, where I'm here. I know where I'm going when I leave here. Yeah. So he understood that there was an authority that he had and people started to notice this guy is moving. Like there was times where even in the scripture where the Pharisees, when, when Jesus was eating with the sinners, the Pharisees was like, why does he eat with sinners? You know why they said that? Because they were saying, you're supposed to be over here with us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they were saying your authority is like one of us not not like that yeah so you carry yourself with a certain spiritual authority that you need to be connected to us and not them so good and so when we're looking so at how we should be carried is there a a a rest is there a certain reverence about your life that tells people there is something different it's not about Christian habits. Do, do, is this who you are, not what you do? Yeah. So that's a good question for all the listeners right now. You know, is there something about you that when you walk in the room, people goes, that man or that woman's different? Yeah. There's something about them that is, I want what they have. I don't even know what that is. I don't know what that yeah. looks like, but I want what they have. Yes. So let's do this. Give give us some, give the listener an application point. Uh, it's one thing to give people information. I, I'm yeah. on this right now. There, there's a lot mm-hmm. of information that's going out. I don't want this podcast just to be information. Yeah. I want people, if we're talking about a gospel that engages the culture, how can the individual, just a point, and, and you may have to think about it for a second. I'm not sure, but just a point of how can the individual listener engage the culture around them what what is a practical application that they can begin to practice that changes the environment around them okay really quick i'm gonna give you some i'm gonna give you five points the first thing is study the life of christ study the life of christ you can only be a good student if you're learning from the good teacher I'm studying his life. How did he interact with people? What broke his heart? What made him seclude? Why was he in prayer so much? Studying the life of Christ. The second thing is pursuing the motive in which he did things. Jesus wasn't trying to just go there and and win people to, to come to the temple. He was trying to win people to understand, like, this is what the kingdom is like. Don't you want this? So, pursue the motive the second thing is or the third thing is this and it's it's gonna be hard but but it's real Talk to welcome me. resistance welcome resistance wow <laughs> welcome the resistance it's going to come the next thing is this reject being a sinner 
that's where you, you know, you know, when people go out and they try to share the gospel and they come back and the heart's broken and they're just like, people aren't listening. And I tried and I tried. And it's just like, well, who is it? Was it about you getting, getting that message across? Or was it <laughs> like reject being the center? And the last thing is embrace the mystery. Embracing the mystery means you don't have it all together. You're about to go out in the culture. You don't know how they're going to respond. You don't know what's about to happen. And guess what you have to do? I got to go out there and trust God. You mean I don't, I'm, I'm not in control. So the spirit has to do this. Oh, embrace the mystery. Yeah, man. Wow. So study the life of Christ, pursue the motive, welcome resistance, reject being the center and embrace the mystery. Was that the five? Did I get them right? Yes. Yep. Awesome. Yep. Awesome. Give us a couple final thoughts and we're going to be done. Out the of everything that we said, final thought. Final thoughts, man, is it is the one thing that Jesus, when he ascended into heaven, when he said, go, therefore, and make disciples. One of the things that we have to continue to keep in mind is that everything that requires you to make is going to take time. Mm. So go therefore and make disciples. Listening to that word make means that go therefore and you're going to have to put forth time, put forth compassion, put forth understanding, put forth grace, put forth mercy, simply to show them what it means to follow Christ so that they will become a disciple. There's so much depth in the making. And so it's okay for you to say, hey, man, I'm pursuing Jesus, but I'm still in the making. I'm still trying to see what it looks like to live this thing out. And so wow. that's, that's just thought, man, that uh, I want to encourage people, man, who are, who are desiring to fulfill the Great Commission and try to live a good Christian life, that it's okay if you're still in the making. Mm. Say that one more time. It's okay if you are still in the making. Come on. I don't know who you are out there right now, but you may still be in the making. And what Travis is saying, Pastor Travis, I mean, I should call you Pastor Travis. You are a pastor, <laughs> my friend. I'm so sorry. Uh, but what Pastor Travis is saying is you're still in the making. You're still there. There's, there's, there's hope for each and every one of us. And there's hope yeah. for the culture around us. A yeah. lot of times we feel like that the walls are falling in and caving in on us. No, 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 no. Mm -hmm. We're on the offense, Pastor Travis. We're not yeah. on the defense. The ball's in our court. We're doing great things for God. So what we want you to do, the biggest takeaway is just be sure that you're preaching a gospel that engages the culture that you're in. Pastor Travis, thank you so much for being with us today, man. We really appreciate it. Thank you for being on just your wisdom and all of that. Hopefully, yeah. this is not the last time that you're with us. Absolutely, man. I look forward to it. That's good. Well, thank you guys for listening uh, to this episode of Conversations. And I pray that this podcast encourages you uh, to actually lead by serving. You can keep the conversation going by sharing this episode. Be sure to follow uh, me at, at Pastor Jamie Grisham on social media. Subscribe again if you haven't already so you never miss an episode. Real quick, Travis, if anybody wants to follow you, how do they do that? Where oh, are you at? Go on Instagram. You can look at at T Finley Inspires. That's at T Finley Inspires. I'm not on social media a lot, but that's the way to, to contact. 
at T Finley inspires. I'm telling you, follow this guy's ministry. He's an up and coming great leader. He's going to do great things already is going to do even greater things for the Lord. Travis, again, thank you so much. God bless you guys. Hope you have a great rest of your week. Thank you for listening to today's episode. For more information about Jamie Grisham or to find out about resources and services, go to jamiegrisham.com. Be sure to follow Jamie online at Pastor Jamie Grisham and share today's episode with someone. We can't wait to see you next time.